0: the blast from our past network hello and welcome to the blast from our past podcast where're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns TV show reviews and more all from the things of our nostalgic past I'm John and I'm Adam and today we have another album review for you. Uh, this is an album that I listened, I got, re- I got really into when I was in high school, um, which I'll talk a little bit more about later as to why mm. that was, um, and 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 uh, you know how that kind of came to be on my nostalgia. Um, Adam, I doubt this is a, an album that you listened to at all when you were a kid,
1: and and even as an adulthood, this is the first time I've listened to this album uh, uh, fully. Now there are some songs on here i've heard before but this was without question the only time like when i saw this on the list and you were like hey you want to do uh crosby stills nash and young coming up and i'm like what the fuck why are are we're doing a crosby (laughs) stills nash and
0: young album um okay (laughs) yes so we are doing the album deja vu by the group crosby stills nash and young uh, the four guys uh, consist of David Crosby, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, and Neil Young. Uh, the group was kind of a super group mm-hmm. um, because they were all guys who came from other well known bands to go together. This is actually the first album as Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. The mm-hmm. previous album that they did, uh, I, f- I think it was called Sweet Jr. No, it was oh, just called Crosby, Crosby Stills, Stills Nash. and Nash. Yeah. Um, was just the three of them—Crosby, Stills, and Nash—and then they added Neil Young in for for this one. So uh, I'm going to talk about I want to talk about real quick where these guys came from. So there's a really good um, kind of VH1 Behind the Music episode on this that I watched in preparation mm. for this album. Okay, there was all you know the '60s, and this this group ter- came out of the '60s. Um, were just kind of a honestly, it was not a wonderful time for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful time for music. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think I actually think that any time that you have social unrest, it's a good time for music because uh, then you get protest songs. and
1: art. Art in general, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, lots of different. I mean, usually you get exactly really good protest songs out of it. You'll get some movies that you know kind of help try to change things. And you know, yeah. and art across the board is creativity comes out of um, you know, protests and things like that. Absolutely. Conflict and yeah, all and conf- that kind of yes, thing. Yes, very true.
0: So, uh, the group was kind of put together by Stephen Stills, um, uh, where he kind of grabbed a few other guys. Um, Stephen Stills and Neil Young both came from the band Buffalo Springfield.
1: Oh, I don't think, I didn't know that um, Neil Young came from there. Okay.
0: Yep, he was, I think he actually played, I can't remember if he played rhythm guitar or bass in Buffalo, Buffalo, Springfield, but he was like the backup guy. Steven Steeles was the main guy. Okay, um, if you're not familiar with them, they did the song "For What It's Worth." There's something happening here, but what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there, telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop children what's that sound
1: everybody look what's going down very very hippie vibes with them
0: yeah well i mean you're you're gonna get that a lot (laughs) i'm gonna say the word hippie quite a bit today quite a bit (laughs) yes um uh they they, uh, got david crosby who came from the birds Mm -hmm. known for the song like uh turn 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 And then Graham Nash, who was actually from the British band, The Hollies. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Hollies. Who did stuff like uh, Bus Stop and carry Ann. Hey, Carrie Ann, what's your game now? Like? Can anybody play? Good song. Really good song. Um there's actually there's if you go back and, and listen to like like their biggest hits, you'll actually recognize them cool as as just kind of popular ones. Um and so the originally the three of them, Crosby Stills Nash, formed a group and then brought in Neil Young. And the they've said that the reason that they just used their names is because they all had solo careers going and they didn't want to lose that. Mm. So the The point of them getting together was never to stay together as a group. It was always to get together, release an album, and then go their separate ways, release you know their solo albums, come back together like it was just sort of a thing it was a flowing thing that they could kind of go in and out of and it is true because from here on out there are so there are a number of albums of crosby Steele's Nash and young in different um, iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, uh you know, Steels and Young did an album. Uh, Crosby and Nash did an album. Stills and Crosby did an album. <laughs> like that, they, they just kind of, you know, yeah, every combination possible. Every combination possible. <laughs> um, and actually, out of the re- albums that they released as Crosby, Steals, Nash, and Young, I believe only three of them are true studio albums. Okay, so they have
1: uh, some live. Live they ones. have some
0: live ones. They have a compilation one. Okay. Um, there's, if you are familiar at all with the song Ohio. Twin soldiers and Nixon coming. We're finally on our own. This summer I hear the drumming. For dead in Ohio. Gotta get
1: down to Oh, I've heard it. Yeah, I remember reading about it or something.
0: It's a. It's. It was a. It was a protest song. It was It was a oh. written about the uh, the deaths of the three people from Kent State student, University. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, that was. It was uh, CSNY did that one, um, but it was. Only, it was released on. It was not their next. Their next album after this one was a live one, and then the one after that was a compilation album, and they put that song on that album. Okay. Um, but it was not technically released as like in a studio album. Uh, you can also find it, on. Um, on Neil Young's like greatest hits or decade or decade which is mm-hmm. like his, his big greatest hits album uh, that's a that's a classic song as well so the uh, album Deja Vu was released on March 11th of 1970 recorded basically through most of the year before um, recorded in San Francisco and a little bit in Los Angeles not surprising I mean a lot of the, the sort of the hippie movement yep. came out of uh, I think it was at hate street is that the street I'm thinking of in San Francisco? I, okay. I, oh, is that, you? Don't yeah, know much I, about I, the hippie movies, do nev- you?
1: not much about the hippies, You know, fucking okay. damn Hippies. Um, I just <laughs> I, I just don't know much about that time period, and I don't know much about San Francisco. Uh, I've yeah, I haven't actually. I've, I've been to Oakland. I've never been to San Francisco. Right. Next okay. To each other. I think this is I think this is our oldest album that we've done so far.
0: Probably has. Yeah. Probably is. May not be our oldest eventually, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it is for now. Yep. Um it's not very temp- it's not typically or that long it's only about 36 minutes long.
1: Yeah, the songs are all I mean not all but um most of them are like in that 3 minute or under range.
0: Yeah, A good bit of them. Uh, um the personnel on the album are obviously the the four gentlemen, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Uh, then you have Dallas P- Taylor playing uh, drums on on most of the stuff, Greg Reeves playing bass, John Sebastian on harmonica on deja vu, and uh, a, a little-known upstart by the name of Jerry Garcia playing pedal steel guitar on the song Teach Your Children. Oh, he's the uh, ice cream guy. Jerry yeah, Garcia. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's him. <laughs> uh, also, uh, also known as the lead singer <laughs> to The Grateful Dead. Yes, until he became Gratefully Dead himself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's all horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's great though.
1: That's right. He's, so, his skin turned a touch of gray.
0: <laughs> I actually love that song. And that a touch of gray is a fantastic song. Yes. It's it's weird because it doesn't sound like a lot of their other stuff. Yeah. Um, it was very sort of pop and very 80s and very much I think in their chance of getting a radio hit. Actually, I think that was their only mm. like radio hit. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. Ever. So, but they have other uh, great songs. So, uh, Adam, mm-hmm. I- I'm sure you're wondering why the hell did I pick this album?
1: Yeah, you said you listened to it in high school. I mean, I don't, rem- I don't remember you listening to this one. You at least didn't play this one, you know, with us, with me, all that much. So, yeah, why, why are we doing this?
0: So, when I was in high school, I played in a band. Mm-hmm. Your bass. Right. Uh, I played bass in a band. Um, I was, uh, I was, I was known as a drummer, but I also Um, had uh, played bass a couple times for like a couple just bands that never went anywhere and a friend of mine was putting together a band and they came to me and they said hey we need a bass player would you want to do it and at the time I was like no I want to play drums and they're like well we already have a drummer but we really need a bass player and I I was kind of like all right fine I'll 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 do it I'll play bass and then um, we played with them for about two years and actually it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. I enjoyed playing with them we got to gig in a lot of fun cool places um, we, it was weird cause we were, we basically were like, we had our own original material, but all the covers we played were all classic rock songs. Mm. No one in our age was playing classic rock. You know, we actually got to play a lot of like adult parties and oh. uh, got put on a, a lot of weird like shows because most of the other kids our age were either doing metal mm-hmm. or grunge or something. Uh, well, it was metal, ska. Ska okay. was huge at the time. Um, or uh, kind of the the kind of the rap rock thing, like the three eleven Rage mm-hmm. Against the Machine type type rap rock. Okay. Like not the like stupid Limp Bizkit one. But <laughs> How dare like, you? Like three
1: three eleven How dare you in my presence making fun of Limp Bizkit. I don't know. I actually like yeah
0: limbiskit to a point you had yeah we had like
1: their that early that first album the first big the album the first
0: album i enjoyed the first album that might actually be one we talk about which yep. will be i'm sure a lot of people will be like really <laughs> that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's all right so anyway um the lead singer the main guy and you know the lead singer and the lead guitarist of my band was a massive and still is i'm still in, in touch with a guy a massive neil young fan mm. that was his favorite song so a singer songwriter of all time mm-hmm. and so he he kind of emulated him when he was writing his songs which is why we kind of stuck to the classic rock theme because even of our originals sort of had that classic rock folk rock sound to them yeah um so he introduced me to to neil young and i believe this was an album our mother had okay and I just kind of fell into it because I was—I ended up listening to a lot of Neil Young through him. It was not—I know I didn't seek out a lot of Neil Young, but we had it, and I was like, "Oh, Neil Young's in this. I'll listen to it." And then really fell in love with the songs. Okay. That's sort of that's my background as to why we do this. And this is this is uh, this has been an album that's never really—it's kind of spoiler to the end—but this is an album that's never really left my rotation. Okay. It's one of my favorite road trip. Um, albums to listen to. Usually when I'm the only one in the car because no one else will listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah, with you know, this doesn't seem like
1: a full not like it's not family friendly, um but like no. your kids are not going to be jamming out on the, with this album, that's for sure. No. Yeah. So, anyway, um
0: did you have anything else you wanted to add? Sure,
1: just a couple of facts that I found. Um apparently the anticipation for this album was so big that um Atlantic Re- Atlantic Records had 2 million dollars in pre-orders. Um, by like January of 1970. So like even before the album came out, uh, it was certified gold in the U S 14 days after release, uh, spending 88 weeks on the billboard 200 charts. It was, uh, it's now been certified septuple platinum. Um, and it's current sales sit at over 8 million copies. It remains the highest selling album of each of the members careers to date. So this is the best album for any of them. Um, yeah. It's on multiple, like, greatest albums of all time list. Uh, in 2003, it was ranked number 148 on Rolling Stone's uh, magazines of the 500 greatest albums of all time. It ended up moving up one spot to 147 when they revised the list in 2012.
0: Okay. And
1: uh, I saw uh on the credits one of the uh the agent so i guess the agent of these of these guys uh was david geffen who david geffen yeah. did geffen record he created geffen records in 1980 um he created co-created asylum records in 1971 he also did uh dgc records and he co-created dreamworks pictures in 1994 yeah. So david geffen is a it's a mogul Huge name. monster monster name in, in music and television
0: so that's all it. Right, that's all, it. all good stuff yeah um, and we're going to start out of the gate strong with, honestly, Adam, my favorite song on the entire album. Yeah. Uh, that is called Carry On. Carry
1: on my wayward young. Right? Nah, Great. Wrong, wrong song. Uh, wrong song. Okay. Here's here's Carry On.
0: <laughs> One morning I woke up and I knew you were born. A new day, a new way. And new eyes so one thing that you'll you'll get with this album is with the four of them they kind of take turns taking the lead mm-hmm. uh, and on the songs on a lot of these albums. However, what you come to Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young for? Is the harmonies?
1: Yeah, it, it, harmonies definitely defines uh, some of these songs in particular, and, and yeah. this one, this one uh, heavily.
0: You know, this, especially that that folk rock sound, which was was big in the in the '60s. Mm-hmm. Um, the sort of folk rock, country a little bit. Um, we're taking influences from all these, you know, sort of Americana sounds, mm-hmm. which uh, you know was it was nice. It was kind of a, a comeback for them. And uh, with this one, they just they hit you uh, in the head right out of the gate with the with the harmonies. It's like it's kind of like a wall of harmonies with them because before they had the three of them, now they got four guys. And Young is, is, has got a pretty high singing voice, so yeah, he does. Uh, he reaches up there pretty good. Um, this one was written by Stephen Stills, and Stills takes the lead on it. Uh, and I think it is the harmonies in this one that that have always made me love this song so much. Yeah,
1: I'd agree. And, and and probably similar to you, this is probably my favorite on the on the album as well. It's just it's a good, catchy, you know, good, good way to start off this album. Um, very yeah. hippie vibe that I feel with this one. Flower power <laughs> all the way. Um, and I, and this is one I recognized the, this pretty much from the s- first couple strums. I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard this song before, um, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I did. I definitely enjoy it. Yeah. You get folk folk music sounding, happy happy feelings though the the lyrics kind of contradict it it's really you know when you listen to it it's kind of about it's about a relationship ending um a lover left and now this person has been left behind and has to carry on without her um Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and i kind of looked into just or from just kind of doing my research i saw that um these guys all had kind of relationship issues throughout the time like around this album um I think one guy's had a divorce, the other person was uh was dating Joni Mitchell and then they they broke up. Um and then also uh, one of one one guy's wife died. I think tragically.
0: Yeah, it was it was uh, David Crosby. I don't think I don't think it was his wife. I think it was his girlfriend. Was his girlfriend, Okay. It, but she I think she died in like a car crash or something yeah. like that not long before they started the album. Mhm.
1: So yeah, so there was there was a lot of um, you know, unfortunate relationship stuff that had happened around here and, and a lot of loss. Yeah. So. But yeah, this is a good song. This is a really good song
0: yeah and uh, another thing that uh, crosby stills and nash particularly but with young also are, are known for is um uh, obviously they use a lot of electric uh, not electric guitars i mean they do they use some electric guitars but acoustic guitars is more for what they're known mm-hmm. for but they like to use them in interesting tunings which kind of give them an interesting sound and this one they're using a really detuned acoustic guitar uh typically the bottom note is is uh is done to uh e and in this one they've done it all the way down to c so you've got this kind of really loose sounding acoustic guitar because they've detuned the the notes Mm -hmm. pretty far down so and they like to use weird tunings too not standard tunings um, which gives you some other sort of interesting sounds they're very much known for that sort of thing okay Alright, uh, let's move on to the next one, which probably, uh, I would, if I had to make a guess, uh, is probably their most well-known song off of this album. Um, I imagine that a lot of people know this song, and that is the song Teach Your Children. You, who
1: are on the road, must have a code that you can live by.
0: And so become yourself Because the past is just a goodbye Teach your children well Their father's help did slowly go by And feed them on your dreams the one they picked the one you know by. Don't you on the face of it you could probably call this like a campfire song mm-hmm. yeah it's a good way to put it something you'd be singing around a campfire um, <laughs> I actually I really love the the steel guitar that Jerry Garcia adds to this mm-hmm. I, you know I mean it, it people often associate a, you know pedal steel guitar with with country and it does give it a little bit of that kind yeah. of twang to it but to me it, it it adds a lot yeah you saying campfire i then kind of looked at my
1: notes and here's here's exactly what i wrote they really sound they sound really nice together it's very chill i could see this as if i was out in the woods or in the mountains <laughs> looking at nature's beauty with songs playing like this in my headphones and so i got the exact <laughs> same like uh, be out
0: in the woods kind of uh, feel as you did I um, mean, it is kind of a um no, I wouldn't call it necessarily a feel-good mm-hmm. song because it's it's you know it's it was at a time of turmoil, mm-hmm. you know the the Civil Rights Act had just been passed a couple years before or a few years before, excuse mm-hmm. me, and you know it, it's it's just kind of like you know teach your children you know it's sort of like hate is learned mm-hmm. not born, yeah. that sort of thing, mm-hmm. without without saying it in so many words.
1: Yeah, it uh, it reached number sixteen on the Billboard Hot 100. And, uh, some people who are, uh, people who are fans of the office might recognize this song because, um, Michael Scott and Dwight sing it to some kids on a, like, bring your kids to work day and they're, they're <laughs> singing teacher children. So, yeah, uh,
0: it's not, uh, not really what I would want to associate this song with <laughs> but oh, so whatever. much better
1: version. Yes, of course.
0: <laughs> yes. Much better version. Um, it is a little bit softer. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Graham Nash uh, from the Hollies is the one taking the lead vocals. Mo- in most cases, the ones who who wrote their songs um, are the ones who are singing it. With mm-hmm. one exception, there is one cover mm-hmm. on this album. All right, let's move on to the next one, which is a David Crosby song called Almost Cut My Hair. Almost cut my hair. happened just the other day, it's getting kind of long, I could have said it wasn't my way, This is a song that I think when I was younger, I d- I always just skipped it. I was mm-hmm. never a big fan. As I'm older, I can appreciate it a little bit more and more for what it is. Um, it's kind of a hippiest song, or at least hippie themes. Yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. Talk about letting your freak flag fly, yep. which is hard to say with all the fluff sounds.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's really yeah. It's it's absolutely about um, you know him having his long hair, that hippie hippie style, um, but kind of feeling the social pressures and you know and conformity of you know cutting your hair and he almost gave into it, but then he didn't. Then he, he you know, he 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 let it stay out and stuff like that. So um yeah, it's got some rebelliousness to it. I would say because this is the first time I've listened to it, um this this one was easily my one of my least favorites on the album. Um but, but I you know I haven't let it grow with me through time and kind of like, you know this this is absolutely the first one. I do I would say I do appreciate the bluesier feel of this song. I'm a definite blues fan and so you know, just kind of getting,
0: um, you know, that blue sound did make, make me happy at least. Yeah. I will say the one thing you get is uh, you won't get too much up and down as far as tempo goes with this one. Um, they're fairly consistent. There's some up and down. That's not to say that there's no up and down, mm-hmm. but what you're going to get is differences of feel and style. Mm-hmm. So even within the folk rock genre, we've got, a whole bunch of different sounds. You know, we have different sounds between carry on teacher children and almost cut my hair right out of the gate. Yeah. You have kind of the folk rock stuff and then a little bit more of a country sound. And now we have a little bit more of a blues sound. So we are varying up, you know what we're doing, which I appreciate listening to an album. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is also one that I've, I've come to appreciate more since I've got older, uh, than I did probably when I was a teenager. Uh, And that is Neil Young's song, Helpless. So I think Neil Young actually wrote this. Uh, he had a, had a band called Crazy Horse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I think originally this song was gonna be for for that album. Was it, wasn't then, Crazy Horse your AIM screen name for a while? It was. <laughs> I remember that. Oh hell yes. And it had to do with the band, and I had so many people who were like, "Is this about the strip club? because there was a famous strip there's okay. a famous strip club that's sort of like there's different ones nationally called Crazy Horse. Uh-huh. In fact there's like two or three of them here in Las Vegas Oh, wow um and so that's all the time I got that it's like was <laughs> this about the strip club? I was like, no, it's the band <laughs> I, that just that just kind of hit me. I totally
1: remember like yeah, the crazy I was like,
0: wait a minute, you' are crazy horse. I think it was I think it was Crazy Horse eighty, but like the A and the O were missing, so it was Cursey Hurst eighty. <laughs> yep, good stuff. Oh, AM uh, screen ooh. names, man, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, where were we? All right, so this is another one. Like I said, is is grown on me. Um, to me, Neil Young's voice, uh, you know, as him with the lead, is kind of an acquired taste. I
1: wholeheartedly agree with that statement um i I was gonna save it for i guess the second neo young song but i'll just start it now is i i don't love his voice at all in fact i i don't hate his voice but i have to be in a very specific mood to like it um and Mm -hmm. i wasn't i wasn't quite in that mood when when this one popped up um it's it's a pretty song you know Slower. there's definitely emotion to it and i and i appreciate that uh, but yeah, because I wasn't like needing, I wasn't in that specific mood, whatever that mood is. Um, I just wasn't there, and I, I actually kind of find his voice more annoying than anything else. Like, yeah, there's a couple songs I like. You know, they keep on rocking in the free world. That's a cool, you know, good rock song. I like Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon is a very pretty mm-hmm. song. And he does very gentle with that one. But whatever it was on Helpless, I was just kind of like, it's 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 hitting me on the wrong way. It's kind of like the the yeah. scratching on the on the chalkboard kind of sound.
0: If if I had to, I would put him on the list of people like Bob Dylan and Chris Christopherson, who I think are amazing songwriters, mm-hmm. not technically great singers. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So um, I'm sure there'll be some people who agree with me, but I, I'm I'm sorry, Bob. I love Bob Dylan's songs. <laughs> A lot of him singing is just kind of grates on me. Same thing with Chris Christopherson. He mm-hmm. writes some really good songs. When other people sing them, I tend to like those versions better. Um, there's a really famous Christofferson song called like Sunday Morning Something, and I should remember the whole name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that song, but I love when Johnny Cash sang it, mm-hmm. not not mm-hmm. when he sang it. So okay. this is the same thing, um, you know, like with Frokin, uh, with Rockin', with Rockin' in the Free World. I think Pearl Jam's version was sounded better. Yeah, than uh, the yeah, Neil Young's version.
1: Eddie Vedder is definitely a better singer. So.
0: Yeah, it's a lot with him and 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 I think just my years of of being um uh, around in his voice and and listening to this it's it's grown on me. Okay. Um I've gone back and I've started to appreciate more of his stuff uh, uh later his solo mm-hmm. stuff. He's got some great songs. Old Man is a great song, Southern Man is a great song. Yeah, yeah, I've heard I'm those sure ones. other songs with man in it um <laughs> sorry. Uh uh Needle and the Damage Done, that's a great one. That's okay. a that's one my buddy like used to sing a lot. So, anyway, all right, cool. Uh, Let's move on to the next one, which is actually uh, Stills takes the lead, but it is actually a Joni Mitchell song called Woodstock. This is kind of a, a cool little, like, sort of classic rock sounding mm-hmm. song version. Uh, believe it or not, this is, there were three versions of this song released all in the same year. I saw that. That's crazy. Like,
1: that, that is not a typical thing. No. Like, you usually, yeah, you spread that out, but yeah. I yeah. guess, I guess Joni Mitchell really needed some money, so she's <laughs> like, take it, please, give me those royalties.
0: <laughs> um,. I've been watching. Sorry, I'm going to go off a little story here. I I had been rewatching uh, Ken Burns' uh, uh, documentary on on country music. Okay, well I haven't, that, haven't seen that one. I've seen jazz, and I, but I haven't seen country music. It's a great one. I love the jazz one. I actually think this one's better done than the jazz one was done. Okay. Um, I and that's not to say I think the music is better or worse. Yeah. I, I'm. I just want, I don't want people to think that that I'm saying well country music is better than jazz. No. Given the choice, it generally skew towards jazz i think the the way that he did the, the documentary was better done for this one than he did for jazz now granted jazz was done like 10 years ago so he's had a lot of time you know with time you get growth and with growth you get hopefully better products so mm-hmm. that's why he ended up i was also in love with his vietnam one if you've never seen that one and that one came out not that long ago it was only yeah, a couple of years I, ago i
1: haven't seen that the one vietnam
0: yet. one is phenomenal okay. i think it's i think it's my favorite one of his okay. of all time yeah. But anyway, sorry, I was—I see, I already forgot what I was going to talk about. Um, <laughs> so I was watching that one, and oh, we're talking about covers, and uh, some country singer did a cover of a Bill Monroe song. Bill Monroe is a very famous yeah. uh, bluegrass uh, yes. singer, mandolin yeah. player. He was,
1: he was one of like the biggest names in classic bluegrass.
0: Yeah, and so he he talked about uh, how Bill Monroe was not particularly happy with the cover until the check came, <laughs> and then he was uh-huh. like, "Dude, if you want to cover any of my songs, yeah. you go ahead." That's funny. <laughs> So yeah, I'm I'm sure with uh, with uh, Joni we're getting that. Um, what are your thoughts on the song?
1: Yeah, so um, I I liked it. Uh, I, this was this one I definitely liked better than the, the last couple that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, it reached number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, so this was their highest charting single from the album. Um, I listened to all three versions actually. I listened to this one, the Joni Mitchell one, and the Matthew Southern Comfort uh, version, which is a band that's kind of uh, not big out here, but they they're a British band. And mm-hmm. it, their their song reached number twenty three in the U.S., but it hit number one in the U.K. So I think like overall okay. it would end up being like the biggest biggest hit of the three. Um, I don't even yep. think Joni Mitchell's version charted, and I did not like Joni Mitchell's version. Um, I liked okay. I liked this one. I probably probably liked this one best, and then a close second was the the Matthews Southern Comfort Band. So okay. um, I got I definitely got some of that, yeah, some good classic rock sound. Even still a little bit that, little bit of hippie vibe, but it just, it grooved. It grooved pretty darn well. Um, yeah. And just kind of, you know, a little story about Woodstock. So, yeah, I, I appreciated this one.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to the next one then. Why not? Uh, and that is the song, or that is the title track, Deja Vu. If I had ever been in before, I would probably know just what to do. I would probably know just how to deal With all of you This is, I, I really do love this song. Uh, this is uh, one of David Crosby's songs. He takes the lead on this one. I think I like the first, like, third of the song more than I like the back half of the song.
1: Yeah, without, that makes I, any
0: sense. I have the exact same notes. I, I
1: wrote really digging this song. Like, at the start, I was, like, really digging the song. And then by the end, I was, like, Let's dig in this song. Um I mean it's fine. It, it it starts off really good and then it kinda chills out for a bit and it kinda turns it on to almost like a like a jam band song. You just kinda do yeah. it like it's like a little jam to it. So yeah. I mean I did I felt like I'd heard this song before. Get it? Deja vu.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. How
1: awkward. I I'm one hundred percent on the same with you. It starts off better than it's it it was it sounded really unique and interesting at the
0: beginning. Yes. Yeah. I wish they had done more with that mm-hmm. um you you get this really cool like har- harmonized funky guitar picking little thing going on mm-hmm. uh, it moves pretty good too and then they hit you with this really fast harm- uh, harmonized singing which is yeah. really cool really kind of comes out of nowhere and then they slow it down mm-hmm. and I'm like okay okay we've slowed down for I can take you know dig this for the middle but then we don't r- yeah. we don't really get back to where th- we don't get back to the same energy mm-hmm that uh, I I love the song, but usually if I'm if I'm uh, annoyed with it, I'll skip it once I get to the part <laughs> that, <laughs> that bores me. It's like Fine. cool. I'm gonna listen to the beginning of this song and then I'm gonna move on to the next one.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see that uh, this guy John Sebastian of the Lovin' Spoonfuls did harmonica for this one.
0: Ah, okay. Which, the Lovin' Spoonfuls you
1: would you would totally recognize
0: them. Oh, they did the uh, they did the the song that was the theme song to Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh. That's what you.
1: Remember. I guess that's one of their hits. One of the other ones that you would probably remember. Do you believe in magic? That's a big yeah. one. Um, yeah. Yeah. They had a couple other hits. I. Uh, oh, they did "Summer in the City." I, that might. I don't oh, know if that yeah, was that's originally. A, that's them, a classic yeah, one. Yeah, that is a really good one. Um, so yeah, so there's uh, a couple, a couple big ones right there.
0: Uh, did you ever have to make up your mind? That's another one. Okay. I'm sure if I heard. Do you know it, that one? I'm, if do I heard to it. Did you ever have to make up your mind? Yeah. Yeah, I do recognize that. Yeah, that's another so. one. Yeah,
1: but so anyway, he did harmonica on Deja Vu. Cool. I feel like I heard this song before. You've already said that. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like you've said that before. <laughs> <laughs> you, you took you, you got my joke, John. Thank you. Yes, I. <laughs> and you ran with it
0: as opposed to just being like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes sometimes you got a yes and. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next song, which is called Our House. So hard. now everything is easy cuz of you I, uh, I think this is a really sweet song i mm-hmm. i've always kind of liked this song it's not you know it's not a, it's not terribly upbeat yeah um but it's it's a it's a nice uh, sweet little song um, I see that it's, uh, in, in in Wikipedia, under genre, it's listed as Baroque pop. Baroque, okay. <laughs> I think simply because there was the piano in there. Yeah. Because you have that kind of like, it does have that sort of like full chord Baroque sound that you would hear in a, in a Baroque song, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to call something Baroque pop. And that's funny. <laughs>
1: uh, this song hit number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100, and for me, I probably felt... Um, That this might have been like the best known song from the album, mainly because once they they hit it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is the very, very, very fine house song." Uh, Yeah, which is just just that that chorus is a to me a very um, memorable one, and a lot of people will recognize that.
0: Yeah, I I mean I I don't disagree. Mm -hmm. I mean I I would have put it number two if I was ranking them that same way. that the chorus is one that a lot of people do recognize and probably only remember the chorus. Yeah, yes, from and that that song.
1: I, and that's pretty much it. I agree. Yeah, just the chorus. But apparently uh Nash wrote this while he was living with Joni Mitchell. And so it is it is it's a nice and and it thinks of good, you know, it it's a it, kind of a feel good little song.
0: Yeah. Who I although I I've always questioned like why would they have two cats in the yard? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're weird. They're
1: hippies, John. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Damn hippies with their cats everywhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know whether we can if I was a cat, I'd be like no 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 let me in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I've never known cats to be outside cats.
1: Yeah. We well we grew up in the suburbs. We're not like we weren't farm That's people. True. They were definitely farm cats and things like that. That's but, true.
0: Yeah. That's true.
1: We're definitely we are suburban kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, let's go on to the next song, which is called Four and Twenty. Four and twenty years ago this life, the son of a woman and a man who lived in strife. He was tired of being poor, and he wasn't into selling door to door, and he worked like the devil. This is, um, probably along the same lines of teacher children. Mm -hmm. I equate this as being sort of like an outdoor song, not because it, mostly because when I'm, when I'm doing like deep thinking, I'm usually outside. Mm -hmm. I like to be outside. I like to to be out in nature when I can. Um, I never really consider myself uh, much of a hippie, but I do like being outside. Like, occasional I'll go for the occasional walk in the woods and stuff like that. Not that I have any woods to walk in nowadays. Yeah, it's Vegas, <laughs> I live in the it's, desert. Desert, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a sweet song. Yeah. You know, there's uh, to me, there's not much to it. It's basically just, I think, Stephen Stills by
1: himself. It is. So uh, one of the things was, you know, this song kind of stands out because it's the only song uh, which was both written and performed, only performed by one member of the band. Uh, yep. Basically, when, when I guess when somebody was you know trying to ju- or talk ask about that, uh, David Crosby recalled, "We just said it's too damn good. We're not touching it." And so um, Stills Stills wanted Crosby and Nash to like sing harmonies on it, and they're like, "No, no, no. Yeah, we like it as it is." And so that's yeah. that's how it went. But it is. And it, I, it, it, I go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, is it? No, yeah, it is. It's soft. It's emotional. It's, it's very. It's a very pretty song. <clears> I mean, I, I like it enough. I probably I probably would have liked the harmonies because like that's the kind of stuff I'm digging on most on this album so I probably right. wouldn't wouldn't mind that um but yeah you know it's an emotional, it is nice a nice song
0: it is a nice change though yeah, it's a nice change of having one song with just with just one voice mm-hmm. uh let's go on to the next song which is called country girl past through tables and glass first fall was good. So? So this is a song that I imagine I would hear being on an acid trip in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I actually this, really uh, like this song. Oh, yeah. But to me, actually, and I will say this, similar to 4 and 20, to me, they're kind of zone out songs. Mm, mm-hmm. they're, zo- they're songs that like, just the, s- the sonic sounds of the song just make me kind of zone out. Yeah. So I don't necessarily focus on what the song is doing. It's just kind of the sound that's you know permeating the background of whatever it is I'm doing. And this it, it's not one where you know I wouldn't play it in the background while I was like cleaning or something. It's something that I would play in headphones while I was like laying down, mm-hmm. you know, looking up at the clouds or just kind of like sitting on the back porch swing or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a zone out one again, not one I liked when I was a kid but as i've grown older and more appreciative of neil young's stuff uh i i do enjoy it a little bit more um i usually don't seek it out it's the mm-hmm. longest one on the album i think it's just over 5 minutes yep but uh i still think it's a decent song you use the word zone out
1: i use the word bored i was i was getting bored <laughs> with this song um apparently it's made up of like three different segments one called whiskey boot hill these were from previous neil young songs so that oh, okay. first one called Whiskey Boot Hill, the second one called Down Down Down, and the last one called Country Girl. And yeah, I, this, you know, I, I definitely got some of that dissonance. You know, that I, I heard some of these kind of mm-hmm. yeah funky the you know way you put like, a yeah, very sonicky. You know, they're they're it's
0: like a drone almost. Yeah, he's
1: he's he're, he're, he's playing with shit. Um, yeah, <laughs> but this is also where I'm like, I'm just I'm not digging on the Neil Young portion of this stuff. I'm, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm just not. And maybe and it probably is because this is my first time listening through, and I don't have like. You know, I, I haven't listened to it multiple times to where I've kind of like I can get some more of the nuances right now. I'm just like, eh, I'm I'm very eh on this, <laughs>
0: not on this album, on this song. Yeah, it definitely uses that sort of wall of sound mm-hmm. approach because it hits you very sonically.
1: It, it would have made sense to like have headphones, like good noise canceling headphones for this one. Yeah. And, and definitely the acid would have
0: would probably help. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. (laughs) Unless they're legal. Anyway. And and then we come to the end. So it's it's a fairly short album. Most of the songs are pretty short. It's only about ten only ten songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that brings us to our last one called Everybody I Love You. So I do like that we end with that sort of classic CSNY vocal sound. Yeah. Um, sort of similar to what we started with uh, with Carry On. Uh, this one's a little bit more rockin'. I do kind of like that we end up a little bit of, on an upbeat, a little bit more sort of classic rock, almost southern rock style sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need that too.
1: After the yeah. last like couple songs, I was like getting, I was getting kind of just <laughs> not paying as much attention with Four and Twenty and Country Girl, and then this one came back, and I was like, okay, all right,
0: thank you, some <laughs> energy. <laughs> Now, as I say, now we're moving. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty rocking for some, basically for folk singers, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It so. was
1: nice. It's a good, good feel, and it's a good one to go out on. So, I was, uh, yeah. I'm very pleased with uh, Everybody, I Love You.
0: Written by Stills and Neil Young, um, although I'm not sure Neil Young appeared in the singing of this one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, stills ran the uh the lead and then it just says crosby and nash on vocals so okay uh, neil young may not have actually recorded the vocals for this neil young was notorious for just disappearing <laughs> i mean they actually and, and it wasn't this album there was another album that they started they started recording like a day later he left didn't tell anyone and they didn't see him again for like a year <laughs> he just <laughs> took off in the middle of the recording session Without uh, telling anybody.
1: Yeah, he's a strange cat.
0: <laughs> he is a he is a strange cat. He's he's known for that stuff. Again, mm-hmm. I think he's a better songwriter than a singer. Yeah. But I think he writes some good stuff. So. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that uh, that brings us to the end. It's kind of a short album, but mm-hmm. that, that I think that's all right. Uh, Adam, I'll let you uh, give your kind of final thoughts on this. Sure. Um. I I liked
1: quite a bit of the songs on this album. I the folk, folksy hippie feel did sound good. I really liked the harmonizing. Um, my hot take drop, <laughs> drop Neil young honestly I think he hurt this album um, well at least you know bring him in as a writer uh, and and just you know for some light other stuff but his two songs did not do me very well that he was singing on um, uh-huh. and so I, I just I thought that that honestly hurt the album a little bit but besides that I really liked all of like the Crosby Stills and Nash stuff um, particularly the er- like the the, the uh, early stuff like the carry on teacher children. Um, Woodstock and Our House were, were definitely my favorites yeah. I
0: was the first half the uh, first half of the album I think is stronger than the back half mm-hmm. of the album yeah I agree um, although teach, Our House does fall uh, in the back half and I, I think that is a, a classic it song is. it so. is
1: absolutely a classic so uh, yeah but overall for my first time listening to this one I was pleased with it I like classic rock you know I like this you know all all old music I pretty much I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open with a lot of stuff like that and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this one, you know, I, I felt like I wanted to put a little flower in my hair and, you know, take a, <laughs> take a little toke, uh, which is not legal here in the state of Georgia. Um, yet I'm sure it'll probably get, get legalized. I moved it'll to, Cal- I, moved, I moved to Colorado, we got legalized, I moved to California, it got legalized and now I'm in Georgia. It'll probably get legalized even though I'm not, I'm not a smoker. <laughs> it's not my thing. Um, but I say, I say tax the hell out of it. Uh, and let it, you know, let your freak flag fly. Uh, and I, I did enjoy the songs that I enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed and I could totally see if I was going on a, on a walking trip, you know, in, in the mountains and a camping or something, this would be mm-hmm. a nice album
0: to bring and, and just make sure I had it kind of going. Cool. Um, uh, as I mentioned at the top, this is one I've always listened to. It's always been in my rotation. Um, I love for the gen, generally speaking, I love all the songs on this album. I think even more, uh, the older I get and the more I can kind of learn to appreciate it. So um, it's, there's no real surprise there. Um, if you if you listened to the beginning, I don't know why anyone mm-hmm. would skip all the way to the <laughs> end. To, I just want to hear their final thoughts on the album. Yeah. I don't care about listening to all the about all the songs and stuff. So uh, it will continue to be. Uh, it's just sort of it was one of those weird albums that found its way into my childhood um, for unexpected reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I shouldn't say unexpected because our mom listened to a lot of eclectic stuff. She did um, from from new stuff to old stuff. Um, you know, old country to, you know, the hits, the modern hits of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I think, I think in the end, that made us richer as far as music consumers go. Yeah. And we became better music consumers because of stuff like that.
1: I, I, and I, and I don't want to, um, forego, uh, how much dad put, uh, in, in importance. Yeah. For the longest time, dad. Always kept his station on like the oldies stations. And so yes. for a long, long time. And it was, you know, and in that time it was all like 50s and 60s stuff. Um, right. I feel maybe, maybe some 70s that we, that would, I would hear in his car like Fox 97 all the time yep. or whatever. <laughs> when it was, wow. And, and I've then, not heard that name in a long yeah, time. <laughs> Fox 97. Um, and then, and then he got real heavily into blues and bluegrass and he took us to festivals and things like that. And so, yeah, yeah we got. We we had a really good musical childhood um, with with both of our parents from both sides, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate because we yeah fuck we we, I think we are more open to a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, I was it. We had was it uh, was it Jody the other day who told us that he didn't listen to a lot of the album stuff just because music wasn't a big part of him growing up, and we're like to us that's just weird like music is in the house all the time and I'll be honest with you I feel a little weird now because I like listening to music and I'm pretty much the only one yep. in my house who does yeah with the exception of um my dad uh who he has his his little his little iPod set up in the sh- in his shop uh-huh. so when he's out working he's got he's got blues going or bluegrass mm-hmm. going or so he's got something he always has music something. going um, but I'm the only out of my immediate family, my wife and my two kids. I'm the only one who really li- likes to listen to music outside of the car.
1: Yeah, we're this in the same boat. Like I would be very happy just kind of, you know, if I, if I didn't have the TV on, I would be. I'd prefer to have you know music on in the background of whatever I yeah. was doing. Um And my wife does not fly with that. She she <laughs> she not she dis- dislikes music, but to mute for me music helps me like tone everything out and I can kind of just like, you know, focus on yeah. whatever I'm doing. And, and she's like, it becomes a distraction for her. She's like, no, it just, it just starts bombarding her ear holes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I have the same issue because I would love to have just music going. I, I have not once been able to do like a, um you know, what, how we grew up doing. A, if we're, if I was doing a clean at, at my apartment, yep. blast the music and then throughout the whole house and, and just do the clean and everybody's listening to the same thing. Now my my wife would, probably slit my throat if i try to do that i, I have to use <laughs> headphones
0: <laughs> yeah that was our review of the album deja vu by crosby stills nash and young please join us next time as we're joined by jody sellers of the sellers law firm for an all double dragon episode we're going to break down the 1994 movie, discuss the 90s animated series, and recast the movie using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam.